0: Um, we are in week two of Rise Up and Build, and it is a series in Nehemiah, which I'm really excited about because I feel like God has a word for us. And if you didn't already know this, sort of the difference between preaching and teaching, they're both good. Some people in, in, in church lean more towards preaching in terms of their style. Some more, more, more teaching. Um, I'm, I'm more preaching. And that's not, um, that, that's not so much... A personality style, as much as it is, the way that I view the Word and my job from stage isn't to just teach you what the text says, but help us tap into what is God saying to us today through the text, right? Because the Word's always alive, but we believe that God is a now God, and He's speaking something fresh to us, and I believe that firmly and wholeheartedly that He has a Word for us corporately, And individually. And so the word for us corporately was rise up. And so this series really is built around, he's he's raising us up for something. And we know that that's something corporately and individually. And so right now we're digging into what God has for you individually, unique and special for this season. And he's preparing you for that. Amen? Because otherwise we're just floating. Otherwise we're just existing. How many of you love survival mode? That's not fun right? Think about your finances, right? Don't you love like never feeling like you can get ahead and you're just barely keeping your head above water? Don't you love that season? No, you don't. You don't love that season. You hate that season. That's not where you want to be, right? We want to feel like we're building towards something. And in life, in terms of our own personality, who God's created us to be, God is building us for something and not just to maintain or survive or get by. Do we believe that? I believe that. And so this series and looking in the book of Nehemiah is kind of around that idea. So I want to start by reading a scripture that's not in Nehemiah and it's Psalm 139. It'll set the kind of the stage. Psalm 139, verse 13 through 14, David says, you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. Father God, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for what you want to speak, that it's not just information, and it's not even just truth, but God, it's a word and season that you're speaking to us, Jesus, as we grow in the knowledge of you and what you're doing in our lives and our world. And so I pray that you would open up our eyes, that it would be life to us, in Jesus' name. Amen. So when we talk about rising up, you have to understand that faith is our currency. Faith is our currency. Um, I don't know anybody that's ever walked with God, done anything for God, that at some point, and you can relate with this, that at some point hasn't come to a period in their life where, where, where you just look at the circumstances and you go, this doesn't make sense on paper. Doesn't add up. The things that I believe, the things that I want to accomplish, the things that I feel in my bones in terms of what I'm going to do and pursue, what you're doing in my kids' lives, my family, my finances like on paper, a non faith person's going to look at my circumstances and go, You're dipped. Doesn't add up. And look through the Bible and read. With all the things, and even just go to Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter, and, and, it, and it talks about all the people of faith and what they did by faith. And so as we look up and think about rising up, we have to understand that faith is a huge component of what God is calling you to, that upward call. It's not an upward call of behavior. It's an upward call of belief and stepping in by faith. And so we have to understand this concept of a mustard seed. Faith is like a mustard seed. It starts small. A simple idea, a basic truth, a promise from God. And if that seed is watered and protected, don't miss this. If that seed, that seed of faith, that promise, that idea, that truth is watered and protected, it can grow into a life-changing pillar in your life. Or, if it's neglected, it can be buried and remain silent under the lies of the enemy. Doesn't make the seed any less potent and powerful, but that's the way the kingdom of God works. It's a seed placed in you that's amazing, that has promise, but then you gotta water it. Then you gotta protect it and you gotta allow it to grow in faith so that it can produce, produce something amazing. Or it's just under the ground and there's layers of lies and deception on top of it. And so your world looks very different. And so let me give you an example. We read that scripture out of Psalm. You should leave it up there. I love this. Um, David says, and this my soul knows very well. Put that next slide up. And this my soul knows very well. What, is, what does he know? That I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That my God created me and, 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 and in my mother's womb, that I'm not an accident, that, that, that I am formed with purpose and identity. And so he goes on to say, My soul knows this. It's not a head knowledge for me. Like I know this deep in my bones. It was a seed at one point in David's life that grew because he watered it. And he, he protected that seed of identity, that seed of greatness, that seed of who I am. He watered that thing to the point where now it's a giant tree. The mustard seed became a great tree in his life to say, my soul knows this. No one can take this from me. The world can't take this from me. Right? Isn't this your prayer for your kids as they go off to college right? or they go off into the world? Is that they would know some things but you can't take from them. The world can't take them. Circumstances can't take them because I know these things. There are a tree in my life of foundation. And so David was saying, this is what I know. And so he goes to face Goliath, the giant, and his brothers are laughing at him. The king is saying, you're an idiot. And he goes, no, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am a a son of purpose. And I know that God has called me to this. And so let me go. That's the byproduct of somebody who's risen up and allowed the seed of God to grow in his life. The byproduct, the, the, the flip side of that is watch this. Um, when the 10 spies went into the land and God was like, hey, it's gonna, it's gonna be amazing. You should go and, and scout it out and then come back and, and tell everybody how great it is. They went into the land, they saw everything, but they, but the, but they didn't have the seed of promise that David did. Instead, they let their insecurities be the lens by which they saw everything through. And so what they saw was amazing, but it was through a lens of deep insecurity and lack of identity, lack of faith. And so this is what they said. Instead of what David said, said to the king, I don't need your armor. God's called me to something. He told his brothers, I mean no disrespect, but I didn't just come here to bring you lunch. I came to take that man out who's defying the armies of the enemy. That was David's response. Here's the 10 spies in their opportunity to step up. This is what they said in, Romans, in Numbers chapter 13. There we saw the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight and so we were in theirs. So we saw the fruit, we saw the land. It was amazing, but we also saw giants and because of our own insecurity, our own lack of faith, we weren't able to rise up. That's right. And so when we saw the giants, we saw ourselves as grasshoppers. Notice that they didn't say anything about God. They didn't go into the land and say, we saw giants and it made God look small. No, God's still big, but I'm small. Some of us, we have lots of faith for the church and like for God and God's going to do some cool stuff in his kingdom. But then you put yourself in the equation and you are a grasshopper in your own eyes. And so this series isn't about the generic, God's gonna raise up people and do cool stuff in the kingdom. No disrespect, that's not helpful for you personally. So don't take yourself out of the equation because God is doing something incredible in you. So you can't see yourself as a grasshopper, but that takes faith. Unless you're just awesome intrinsically and and, and uniquely, and you don't have any faults or failures or things you have to work through in your past. And if that's you, you're preaching next week. Rising up to build means coming to -to face-to-face with a simple question. What does my soul know very well? Because for some of us, our soul knows very well that we are grasshoppers. What does your soul know? And that's what this Today is about protecting the seed, guarding the seed, allowing that to, to become something that you know so well that it doesn't matter what you see. It doesn't matter if it lines up with what you feel. How many of us, sometimes we wake up in the morning and we're feeling awesome and sometimes we're feeling like a grasshopper. But if you have that seed of faith in you, that my soul knows this, then it doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what you see. It doesn't matter what your bank account says or what the people around you or your boss or employees or family members are saying to you because it's not gonna alter what you believe on the inside. And this is kingdom faith. And this is what God's called us to. It may look impossible to you. You might think I'm crazy, but I know something. I know something. I love those moments where you're standing in front of somebody and maybe they're not a faith person. Maybe they're not a Christian. Maybe they don't think like you, which is fine. And they're looking at you like, have you done the math here? Because this doesn't add up. And on the inside, and you can respectfully say, love you, thank you. But on the inside, you're going, I know something. I know something that you don't know and I can't explain it to you, but I just know it in my knower. My soul knows something. there is a seed of heaven in me and I am going to protect it and water it. The title of my, my sermon is Guard the Seed. That was just the introduction. Come on, this is a good sermon. Okay, Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 11. I'm sorry, Nehemiah chapter two, verse 11. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read through this. If you're gonna follow along on your tablet or uh, Bible, that's fine. Otherwise you can just listen because it was too much text to put up there. So just follow me because this is what happens in Nehemiah chapter two. Chapter one, he goes to the king, he's burdened. He understands what's happening at the wall, but he hasn't been there yet. Verse 11, chapter two says this. So listen him. is I saying, so I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. Then I arose in the night and a few men with me. Don't miss this. I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Verse 13, and when I went out by the night through the valley gate to the serpent wall, the refuge gate, and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and its gates were burned with fire. Verse 16, the officials did not know where I had gone or what I had done. I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or the others who who were doing the work. Then I said to them, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies waste, and its gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also of the king's words that he had spoken to me. And here it is. So they said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. But the narrative changes. But when Samballot and Hornet and Taballot, the officials heard of it, they laughed at us and they despised us And they said, what is this thing that you are doing? Will you rebel against the king? And verse 20, this is the flying kick. So I answered them and said to them, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants will rise up and build and you have no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem. So Nehemiah knew How to receive a seed of faith, an idea, a belief, a vision, something from God. And they come in all kinds of different forms. Sometimes they're about who you are. Sometimes they're about dealing with your past. Sometimes they're about something in the future, like a a vision of what God's going to do or how he's going to use you. Sometimes they're just a feeling. Like I remember when I was 12 years old, God put something in my heart, a seed. Like I'm going to use you one day. I'm going to use you one day. And it was so small. And I, I, I couldn't even articulate And I couldn't tell anyone because I didn't even know what that meant. I'm going to use you one day. Just a seed, just a, just a simple thought. But it's what we do with those seeds. And Nehemiah, he received something from God. He received a mandate, a promise, a mission. He saw something that was impossible. And he did three things that I want to give us on how to guard and water that seed and allow faith in us to to come to a place where we can say, my soul knows some things so I can walk in boldness and confidence. So the first thing is this, some things are meant for just you and God. Then I rose in the night, I and a few men with me, I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do in Jerusalem. I find this so fascinating. Um, Just a quick funny story. And some of you guys have heard this, but when Heather and I were first dating um, and not engaged yet, um, we had an interesting conversation about about saying the words, I love you. Because we, I was always taught by my youth pastor that if you're going to say I love you to a girl, then the next three words should be, will you marry me? Four words, will you marry me? Because in other words, don't just like say that to anyone. Don't just, don't just say I love you because, because that's precious, right? Which, I mean, that's, that's a great thing, by the way, to teach our kids like, you know, in those relationships because unhealthy bonds form. So don't just throw out I love you to anybody because it doesn't mean anything. It's valuable. It's a seed. It's super important. Guard that. So anyway, <laughs> so Heather and I were having this conversation because she was kind of like, I got the feeling that she was really ready to go there. And I just wasn't because I wasn't ready to ask her to marry me. And so I created this little scenario. And I just said, listen, Heather, and I made this up on the fly. I was pretty proud of myself. I said, listen, relationships are in four stages. There's the, we just met, then we start dating, and then we get engaged, and then we get married. These are four stages. And you don't say I love you till the third stage. This is a preacher. I had four points. Yeah, good for you. Only three. I didn't have a PowerPoint slide, but it was close. (laughs) Made this up on the spot. And it was my way of deflecting from saying what I didn't want to say. (laughs) So she looked at me like, okay, that was weird, but okay. So maybe a month or two went by and we kept, you know, green closure. It was clear that that God had put us together and that we were going to get married. But I just, I hadn't talked to her parents yet and I hadn't got the ring. And so I wasn't ready to ask her to marry me. But I remember us sitting on the couch at her parents' house uh, in, the, in like the other room. We were by ourselves, totally making out. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and, uh, and I remember just saying to her, you know, that that like four stages thing that I made up. It's like, yeah, I just made that up. You can't really put a relationship in, in stages. It, it's, it's not that clean cut. And she looks at me and she goes, so we're not in stage three? And I go, no, we're not, we're, I mean, we're not in stage two. I'm like, no, we're not, you know, we're just forget that. And she goes, okay, I love you. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew that was coming. I love you too. <laughs> but, you know, some things are just, they're not ready to be said. And this is really important. And we see this with Nehemiah. He's carrying this thing. And I don't know how long it, it, from, from the moment that he heard about the wall, he prayed, he fasted, and God spoke to him. God spoke to him about this wall, about the mission of God, about his purpose, and, and what God's gonna do through his life. Then he gets some guys together he trusts, and he goes out to the wall, and he says nothing. I just find that crazy. I'm a talker. I'm a sharer. That would be really hard. Phil knows what I'm talking about. That would be really hard for me to go out to the wall, have this thing on my heart, and then just, what did they talk about? Right? Like, how are those Celtics? Right? Or the Suns, if you're Mikey. Um, I don't know. What do you talk about? He, 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 he had something in his heart that he was carrying. And this is the part of following God that can be a little bit lonely, but lonely means intimate when it it comes to God. He knew he needed time with his father to carry this promise and allow the seed to grow in his heart. And so he carried it. It's not time. It's not time yet. It's growing. It's like baking in the oven, if you will. It's not, it's not ready to, to come out yet. And I, I wrote this. Um, I believe that this is an invitation to intimacy with God. Uh, sometimes my daughter and I, and I do it too with my son, but, but specifically with my daughter, sometimes my daughter and I will have secrets. And not like secrets, like we're holding things from Heather or the family or whatever, but just like little things like, hey, we should go to McDonald's later, just you and me tell anyone and then she'll look over at me like when we're about to go and everyone's like where are you guys going and she'll be like (laughs) right it's like her and I have a thing it's just her and I and I'm telling you God wants to have that with you it's not for everyone it's for you and him and it feels lonely when you're walking out to the wall and you're carrying this thing, you're like, I see something and I believe for something, but it looks like so impossible. And everyone's asking me, what are we doing here? This doesn't make any sense. And you're just like carrying this thing. I know something and it's not ready yet. If I speak it now, it will be exposed and it might die. It's a seed. It needs to be protected and guarded. And I want to say to you that God's put some things in you and maybe they're not ready to be be spoken. Maybe you can't even put words to them, but they're precious to the Lord and they are growing. They're growing in you. And this is what Nehemiah was doing. God has placed things in your heart, promises, desires, dreams. Learn to carry them. There's things that God has shown me and I'm caring about this church that I haven't spoken to anybody. And I don't know that I even know how to. Like Adam and I had a great conversation yesterday about the church, and we talked about some different things, and it was, it was awesome. But there's another layer in me that I don't even have words for yet. And I'm okay with that because it's like God and I going, it's just, it's just, for, just for us right now. It'll, it'll, it'll be time. It'll be time for that. Are you with me? Amen. So some things are just for you and God. That's the way you guard and allow the seed to, to grow. Learn to carry that. D- don't get insecure with that. Don't be insecure with awkward silence with God. It's beautiful. You guys are winking at one another. You're having those moments where God's like, I'm doing something in you. Don't forget, don't, don't forget that. Don't forget what I've spoken to you. Just because it haven't, hasn't happened yet, just because everyone else isn't going like, you're awesome, you're going to do great things. Just because people aren't saying that doesn't mean it's not real. It just takes faith to say, these are things that I know. I know my soul knows those things, things very well. And when you get there, now they're ready to come out of the oven. Next thing is this, choose your audience wisely. And I told them of the hand of my God, which has been good upon me, and also of the king's words that he has spoken to me. So then they said, let us rise up and build. What you have to understand is that there's two separate audiences in this story that I read for you. There's this audience that he chose he grabbed some men. He didn't tell them yet because he was carrying this thing. And then eventually it came time where he brought them together and he's like, all right, this my soul knows very well. I'm ready to share this thing. And I'm trusting based on the people that I've brought that they're gonna have a godly response. Listen, we don't surround ourselves with yes people. We don't surround ourselves with people that like don't tell us the obvious truth. We surround ourselves with faith people. Right? Remember when Jesus rebuked Peter? Remember, because, because Jesus is like, yeah, I'm going to go die. And, and, and Peter's like, that will never happen. And, and, and Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, because you're not mindful of the kingdom of God right now. You're speaking in the flesh. You're speaking out of your head knowledge and not your spirit. Right? So I don't need that. I don't need somebody to tell me the obvious. Maybe, Jesus, you shouldn't go die. That's going to be painful. Thanks, Peter but let's step into the kingdom realm and the faith realm because that's the realm, that's the only realm that a wall that Nehemiah is building makes sense. He doesn't need people to go, Nehemiah, this is going to be really hard. Are you sure that God's going to call you? No, he needs people to go, come on, because this is what God's doing. So if you're tapping into what God's doing and you're tapping into the spirit of God, then you're going to have the, the, this response because that's what he was doing. The other audience that came and heard of what he was doing, laughed at him and mocked him and said, are you kidding me? See the different responses? People who are operating in the the flesh and people operating in the spirit and so when we, when we speak of and share what God's said to us, who we are, the, the kinds of values we have, the dreams that we have, we gotta surround ourselves with people that are gonna be spiritually minded and go, come on, celebrating the faith and that seed because otherwise you're gonna, you're gonna pour um, water on the fire instead of gasoline. And we wanna surround ourselves with people that go, come on, I wanna fan that flame. It takes an incredible amount of courage to, to, to follow God. Incredible amount of courage. That's why Jesus told Joshua, or God told Joshua, what, like five or six times in a few chapters, be strong and a very courageous. Why? Because discouragement will come in just like that. Just like that. Have you been discouraged this week? Just like that, it sweeps in. And sometimes it's just a thought. And sometimes it's like a debilitating emotion. Just like that, it sweeps in. It takes an incredible amount of courage to follow God. And so we need to surround ourselves with people go, come on, I believe in you. I see the call of God on your life. Come on, let's not forget what God's spoken. Let's not forget that this is a faith walk. Let's not forget that we walk by faith and not by sight. Come on, let's call each other up. And so I guess my question is not only um, what, my question is what message are you watering your seed with? And don't make any mistake that it's not just friends that are giving you a message. It's what you watch, what you listen to, right? It's what you expose your eyes and your ears to is a message. And there is a message coming from this world, that will derail that seed of faith in a heartbeat, right? So we guard the seed by saying, you know what? It's not like I'm trying to live in a bubble. I'm not like, you know, pretending that, I love lost people. I love hanging out with lost people. I love, I mean, the golf term was filled with lost people. I love that because because I believe that God can use me and can use you to bring life, to bring a cup of cold water to somebody. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. But in regards to the people that you you bring into your circle and allow to speak into your life and to water the seed of God in you, it's gotta be faith. So you gotta be intentional with that. I love how Nehemiah did that. He was very intentional. Like, come on, that's why church community, by the way, is so powerful. That's why we don't believe in just like, you know, being like back row attenders and then leaving, right? You can do that online. This is a community of people where we say, come on, let's champion one another. So, not only what message are you subjecting yourself to, but, but are you the friend that other people are like, you're going to be on my short list? I want that person. I, uh, Ed and I, from the book, one of the books we did, uh, there was a concept called your wolf pack. And it's this idea that you have like a group of, a small group of people that you're like, that's my wolf pack. That's my, the people that are gonna fan the flame of God in me. Those are the people I'm gonna surround myself with. And so my question to you is, are you the kind of person that's on somebody's short list to say, that person, I gotta get them around me because they fan the flame of God in me. When I'm around them, I feel like I can do anything. When I'm around them, I feel like God is big and my problems are small. When I'm around them, I'm reminded of who I am and where I'm headed. Come on, let's be those kind of people. Because if we are, this community of Heart Church will be so electric. And and everyone that comes in these doors are going to be like, what in the world do they have? Because I haven't found it anywhere else. hmm message is better than I thought. (laughs) Lastly, landing the plane on this, Nehemiah, he didn't give the enemy an inch. When Sambal and Tobiah heard of it, they laughed at us and despised us and said, what is this you are doing? This is how the enemy destroys the purposes of God in you and me before you lay a single brick on that wall. Oftentimes, when it comes to your purpose, the enemy's not coming in trying to like, you know, crash or smash your practical building of something. He wants to destroy the seed. He wants to bring that seed of discouragement in and say like, what are you thinking? You're not good enough. You're not smart enough to do that. Are you kidding me? Do you remember your past and what people have said? It's like, no. And it's easy to give in and believe that. And And those things can come from wherever. And it's really important to recognize those things for what they are. Because otherwise a lie can be, can be disguised and can sound a lot like some truth. It's like, well, there's a lot of truth to that. Well, I do have a past and wow, well, I have failed before. And what those people have said or what I'm thinking is like, there's, I could kind of believe that. That's, that. that's the kind of lie that's coming. It's not gonna be like something that seems so random and out there. It's gonna be something that's very believable and its attack is to attack that seed. I had an interesting um interaction, uh, this week, Adam and I actually did. Um, and we were with, we were with a pastor and we were, I told you last week, you don't mind me sharing my personal stuff with you. Okay. I'm going to air my laundry. Okay. So, um, we're on a journey right together of, of believing God for the space that he's going to give us. And we've got five months, uh, to do that. No pressure. And so I'm practiced. This sermon's for me. This, this series is for me, and if you guys benefit, awesome. Um, but so last week was about, okay, God, what are you doing? Um, and so this week, we, we went and looked at a space. And um, I, I don't know if it's the right space. Frankly, I don't think it is. But, but again, we're just knocking on doors, and we're, you know, like I said before, sometimes it feels like you're blind trying to find the will of God. And so you're just feeling for something. You're feeling for the grace. You're feeling for like, ah, oh, that feels like the Lord. That's there's something, something on that. And it's it's for my spirit. I'm not trying to I'm not I'm not leading with my visible eyes, I'm leading with my heavenly eyes. And sometimes you gotta close your eyes, right? To do that. And so we were at this space and we had this conversation with this pastor, and um, we were talking about a possible scenario of moving our church and you know, having this meeting on this time and something, some specific scenario. And this pastor was totally well-intentioned. I appreciate his candor. I'm okay with hard truth, right? It doesn't hurt my feelings. But what came out of his mouth is he said, talking about sort of the the proposed scenario. We have lots of scenarios. We had one proposed scenario. And what came out of his mouth was, if you do that, you're going to lose 50% of your congregation, And I kicked him in the shins. No. Um, and so, and again, we were just talking and I'm an ideas guy, right? Lots of ideas. So I, some of my ideas are horrible. So I'm okay with a, a bad idea. Uh, and so, and we just kept moving along. It wasn't awkward or anything. But, but Adam and I followed up with that afterwards and we, we landed on the same place. Like that comment was totally the enemy. Not that that idea was God, or that, or that that pastor had anything negative that he was trying to do. He just wasn't walking in the Spirit. Us pastors, we can totally walk in the flesh, everybody. Newsflash, it happens. And in that moment, this pastor was totally walking in the flesh, and he was just saying something really practical, and he spoke something to me that was, that was meant from the enemy to derail the seed in me because I have a seed of faith that believes that our next step is gonna be our best step. But can I tell you it's faith? Because on paper, it would be easy to to instead of believe that, believe, oh man, we could lose 50%. And that makes me wanna go crawl in a hole. You can relate. When you're believing for something and it's just like on paper, This makes me want to go crawl in a hole. But there's there's some things that I know. There's some things that I know in my soul that God has spoken. And so we're going to go with that. And we're going to surround ourselves with people that that, that champion the the will of God in us. And then we're going to not give the enemy an end. So I want to show you what, what Nehemiah did and what I did with that comment. Verse 20, it says, so I answered them and stop right there. Listen, there's times to be passive and there's times to be silent. This isn't one of them. When the enemy is coming and you've recognized that's not from God. I'm not, my my attack and my fight is not against a person that said something to me, but it's the words. You're going to, you're going to lose half of your congregation. Excuse me. That's not from God. That's, a, that's an attack. That's a fiery dart from the enemy. And I don't receive that or accept that. And so I'm not going to just sit back and go, well, I hope that doesn't happen. No, the weapons of our warfare are mighty in God. And so this is, this is fighting back. I answered them. The God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build, and you have no heritage or right. I want to know, I want you to notice three things. The God of heaven is for us. Come on, let's start with God. He is great, and he is amazing, and he is for us. The God of heaven is for us. He's on my side. Secondly, we, his servants, will arise and build. I am his servant. I am his son, and we are building something. We're not, we're not retreating. We're not maintaining We're not hoping to survive. We're moving forward and we are building. And then lastly, you have no authority here. So whatever words you spoke, they're falling flat because you don't have authority here. And that's how you defeat the enemy in those moments and not allow him to steal the seed of faith in you because God is calling us to rise up and build. And so what are the areas in our lives where we've just sort of settled for like, well, I there's some cool, there's some seeds there. I hope they grow, but I don't know, they may not. And so we're just gonna kind of float through life. But as you think back, like, oh, there are some things in my life that God has spoken, some things that I believe, some things that I'm looking forward to, some future. And so I'm going to, I'm gonna have a reboot and I'm gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna start treating those seeds as precious. I'm gonna start treating them as they can be pillars in my life. And so I'm not gonna be afraid to hold those between me and Jesus. I'm gonna surround myself with people and I'm gonna be a person that throws gasoline on the fire and I am gonna uproot the lies with with authority. I'm gonna uproot those lies when they come as we rise up and build. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for what you're doing at Heart Church and in our lives. And God, we just bring those things to you and we say yes to that good plan. God, we wanna be people that are faithful stewards of what you've given us. The promises of God are yes and amen. And so Jesus, would you continue, Lord, to build our faith and raise us up as our inner man grows in faith and confidence in who you are. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen.